Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello there, this is Eat Sleep Work Repeat. I'm Bruce Daisley. It's a podcast about making work better. Buzzing to be with you today. One of the things that people say to me are my travels is how do you do a book and a podcast and a job? Well, the job has been very hectic the last few weeks and it's made me struggle to stay on top of the podcast. So uh, sorry for the gap last week. If you've not subscribed, there's a regular email as well and that went out today. I'm experimenting with the best day of the week to do it. You can sign up at eatsleepworkrepeat.fm and it was an article format today. So do share it with others if you enjoyed it. As this is my side hustle, I've given myself a slight pass, but I have been very conscious of the gender inequality over the last few episodes. There's been a lot of males, and I think having a male skew is something that I'm keen to avoid. The pathetic excuse I've got is that I tend to contact people who've written brilliant things I've seen, and society seems to publish more men. I'm very aware of it, I'm embarrassed by it, and I'm trying my best to fix it. I have some awesome women coming up, including an NHS doctor, a brilliant architect, a couple of ace authors... Anyway, don't think I don't know. If this was a full-time job, I'd be even more mortified. But that's not an excuse. I'm, I'm still mortified and I beg your forgiveness. Today's episode is a brilliant and inspiring woman, Sue Uniman. Sue's one of the most thoughtful and intelligent people in advertising. She works as Chief Transformation Officer at the biggest media agency in the UK, Mediacom. About a year ago, she wrote a book called The Glass Wall with co-author Catherine Jacob. The book is a mix of research on women's role in the workplace and partly an advisory note on how women should cope. It's quite a short chat, but it's sort of provocative in its themes it covers. Sue hints at some of the goodness of the book. So we dive straight in. Here's my chat with Sue. What's your philosophy on this? I got a sense when I, uh, when I read your book, I got the sense that the challenge that you perceive that women have at work is that we're surrounded with people who tell us to be our real selves at work and to be an unadaptive version of ourselves. Yeah. And fundamentally, society and work sort of doesn't like women that much. I think that society has a idealised view of what women should do, how they should be, how they should behave. And we've all grown up with it. And still in the 21st century, if you challenge that, you it's not a popular thing to do. It seems to be, I mean, all the way through the book, we tried not to be stereotypical, but there seem to be things that are just gendered. And one of them is, is that Blokes don't seem to mind about being liked 
or not to the extent that women do. So I don't know if it's to, to, if society doesn't. Did you say it doesn't like women? Yeah, because like you, for example, you, you said at one point men don't like laughing at women and men don't find women funny and men, you know, women have to adopt a machismo style attitude to get on or they need to sort of be this you know witness Hillary Clinton Hillary Clinton had to ensure that she was an acceptable version of a woman which meant a low pitched voice yeah pantsuits yeah she needed to look as as unfeminine as possible to sort of sneak through Hillary Clinton's difficult though okay in that sense because wouldn't we all elect Okay, Beyonce but, okay. or Oprah. I don't, yeah. so, so you say that 25% of FT250 board members are women mm. and there's a few female CEOs that we can see. Yeah. You know, like the ones that hit the newspapers, let's yeah. sort of talk about that rather than specific media. They very rarely wear flowery dresses and don't they generally adopt them? But, but do um, men wear flowery shirts? I, I don't know how that argument plays out because I think most FTSE... 250 CEOs dress up in a certain okay. way. I think I think it's simpler than that, actually. I think it's just simply that there is a set set of rules that blokes seem to come into the workforce understanding in a better way, more more comp- they un- they just get it more. They they understand what the rules are in a way that women don't. And I think that's because they're a surprise to us. They're not how we behave with each other. And there's some just huge real differences. Um, but I'm not sure that's even reflecting your book because you say that you were set up to mentor a young starter and a male starter, a young male starter in the company. And like you came in and you shared, might not have been you, it might have been your co-writer. Yeah. And, uh, and you, sh- you sort of, there was a discussion of, you know, top things I wish I'd known when I started from college. Yeah. And he sort of sat in silence and then said, how do I get a meeting with the CEO? Yeah. Right. So if your, if your hypothesis is men get it more than women, mm. he didn't get it. He was just, it, the systems adapted more to his approach. The way work works, works for him better. Right, but then I'm saying it's not that he instinctively gets work better; it's that the system just adapts to him. Aren't they? How aren't they the same? Uh, Well, he starts with an an incorrect set of assess of of assumptions, Mm. and it doesn't act as a pitfall for him. Yeah. And you're saying men understand work more instinctively than women. Yeah. Well, so you're saying women have a bad set of assumptions. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm saying that. That the, the assumptions at work are assumption. They're not. So, so, that, so back to the forward, um, yeah. uh, Helena Kennedy, who said, um, "The norm at work is not a human being norm. It's a masculine norm." That's what I'm saying. And we're just so used to it. We're so so used to it that we don't even see it. And where you get cultures where there are women in senior roles, then I think you see that shift a bit. So I I think. My experience at Mediacom for a lot of years has been that it is different from that. And I think that there are blokes who arrive here who are a little bit surprised by the difference of it. And then they either like it or they don't like it. Go on, what's different? Um, uh, I'll give you an example. I can't remember if it's in the book or not because it was uh, a a while ago. Um, 
where the uh, child of somebody in a senior management team was very ill, uh, the rest of us automatically covered for her. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, covered for her meetings and things. Um, I was in a conversation with somebody who I had to bump a meeting for because I had to go and cover for her for something. And he said to me, you know, this wouldn't happen anywhere else, don't you? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, in other places, people would make a big deal out of it and they'd go, I'm having to, oh, you know, oh, I'm having to cancel all of this and I'm having to do this and I'm having to do that. And I think here, if you made a big deal out of it, people would go, why would you make a big deal out of it? You look, human beings look after other human beings. Some places, that's true if the, but in a gendered way. So one of the other stories in the book is um, a woman who um, wants to work from home over the Christmas period because she's got a two-year-old um, and she's told that her, her boss won't let her do it. It's happened at a, a, another organisation. Her boss won't let her do it because he says, if I let you do it, then, you know, it's, it's everyone's going to demand to do it the whole time and I can't have that. I think if a bloke had asked to do it because he'd broken his leg skiing, that would have been an acceptable reason for needing to work from home. And I think the fact that it was a two-year-old and she didn't have a, a stay-at-home partner, in fact, she was a single mum, made it the kind of thing that they didn't want to be seen to be doing. Right. And that, I think, comes up quite a lot in real life, which is that if someone can't come to work because their kid isn't ill, if, sorry, because their kid is, is unwell, it's treated differently from um, another reason for not being able to come to work. But what it boils down to is you're not going to turn up to work in a 100% ready to go, this is what I get paid for state. Either the business allows for that or it doesn't allow for that. Whether it's because you've got a hangover because you were out drinking, you know, uh, with the lads or because your little boy or girl is feeling poorly that day, there should be a neutrality about that. I don't think there is right. um, in a lot of places. Right. And I think when you get women running things, there tends to be more allowance for that, in my experience. Right. And so in your book, it's like a good dissection. Is it seven sort of different um, scenarios that yeah. women find themselves in? That are, and, and you sort of juxtapose the two different perspectives via the glass wall. Yeah. So, so men are ambitious, women are um, ambivalent. Yeah. Uh, or you, you mentioned that uh, the use of humour in, in the workplace. Yeah. So, so let's look at the ambition one. I might have had the discussion with you before, but you know that, that old thing that we say when a man's going through a job description, if yeah. two-thirds of it are yeah. roughly there, he'll go for the job, and women generally try and have historically treated it as an exhaustive list that they yeah. need to tick off all of them. Yeah. And so you try to give people suggestions how you can cope with those things. Have you seen people have benefited from that? Um, well, we've been told that um, people have benefited from it. So women have come to us and said, I followed the instructions that you said and I got myself a promotion and I got myself a pay rise. Um, it, it doesn't go away. I, I think the other day I was asked, I don't know what you, your answer would be to this, Someone said to me, um, if you have someone working for you uh, 
and you could choose with them having talent or ambition, which would you choose? Which would be more useful to you? I, I would go, I would tend to go for talent. Um, the person I was talking to, the CEO of a, a media company, said to me, of course it's ambition. Of course you need them to have ambition. Right. And I thought it was interesting. And I thought part of the reason that I think about it in that way is that I'm ambivalent about the word ambition as well. Um, what exactly does it mean? Um, does it mean pushing yourself forward at all costs, whether you've got talent or not? Or does it mean getting the best return on investment for your qualities? Over and over and over again, what comes up when we do the glass wall talks, so Catherine and I, when we're out doing the talks, is women feeling very uncomfortable about having to show off. And there seems to be something very related about showing off and ambition. So that even that I can do six out of 10 things on the list. And so I think I'm qualified, which is what a man is more likely to say, whereas a woman is more likely to say if she can do eight things out of 10 on the list that she's not qualified. There's an element of showing off yeah. in that, that we seem to, I don't know if it's nature or if it's nurture, but we seem to be very clear when we bring up our children that we want niceness and modesty in female children and, and showing offness and knocking yeah. each other down in boy children. And that doesn't seem to be changing very much. Yeah. Do you think there might be like a quadrant to this rather than just like a gender separation? Yeah. Because there's a lot of things when you're painting them that are traits of masculinity that you're saying. Yeah. That I don't think every man would identify it with, you know, like yeah. being sort of performative, yeah. being ambitious. Well, it's extrovert, introvert. Yeah, that's right. And yep. so I wonder if it's like there's ex. And so those extrovert males are the ones that are sort of the lighthouse that we can all see and they're drawing the attention and they're probably doing better than the rest of us. But I just wonder if there's, there's another split on it. I'm sure that that's true. I think extroversion and introversion are really crucial in the workplace. But there just seems to be even the most extrovert women will go, I wouldn't show off about this. I wouldn't push myself forward for this. Um, I have to force myself to do it. Yeah. And not only that, but they will get, I think, more upset about having to do it than a bloke would. So when I've had mentoring conversations with men about that sort of thing, they'll tend to take a deep breath and kind of go, okay, you've pointed out something. Yeah, I can do that. I can see that I haven't been right. doing that. Why don't I do that? Whereas women will tend to take it more as a per trait of their personality that yeah. they don't want to mess with yeah um and it, it does seem to be at odds with that and we get asked this are you t aren't you telling me to behave more like a man and we're kind of going no we're just explaining the situation and giving you some suggestions about what you can flex into yeah i, I saw a went to a rada for business um kind of do and they have kind of get-togethers and they had a second year student who talked in a very personal way about her tutor and how much her tutor had helped her and how to begin with, she felt as though her tutor was making her do things that weren't part of her character. And she got quite upset about it. And her tutor said... This was at the acting school, right? This is at the acting school at RADA. And she said, her tutor said, look, you've got way more rooms in your house than you know you have. You think you live in a one bedroom flat, but actually you're living, you've got 18 rooms. Just open some other doors, try it out. If you don't like it, you don't have to go back into them but there are more things that you can do than you know you can do. Right. 
And I think we all have that in us a bit. I mean, we all have the negative voices in the head. It just seems beyond coincidence that so many women have so many negative voices telling them that they can't do things that actually they really can. Do you use that Dave Trot quote? So give us the yeah. Dave Trot quote. So he said that uh, it's advice that he gave to his daughter, which is that in the workplace, um, that um, men insult each other all the time, but they don't w mean it. And women compliment each other all the time, but they don't mean it. Um, and the thing that really struck me was I thought, you know, if like we, were, we could actually sort of back all of this up to the yeah. way that people communicate actually, the, yeah. or the, the communication skills, the human skills that we've got, because a lot of men's communication skills, whether it's men bantering with each other, which is actually about maintaining a distance, but keeping a sort of cordial bonhomie about it, right? You know, yeah. you, you never truly let, you know, the reason why these big discussions about male suicide or men right. not sharing anything, because actually the, the sort of the whole ethos of a group of eight men is to keep everyone sort of close, but at arm's length. You don't right. really share. Whereas women's communication skills really superficially seem to be about forging connections and sitting yeah. down and having a one-on-one -on -one discussion. Um, and it just seems that the work place has evolved to celebrate those male things exactly right that's that's the whole book right is that the workplace has evolved to celebrate those male things right. it isn't good either for the workplace or for the people that work there we need more balance because if you think the trade-offs of some of those female skills well listening to someone and hearing what they're doing mirroring back and that's coaching we're, we're told yeah. all the time that and, that's vital and and, and you know there are lots of men that I know that listen, right. you know, you, you being one of them. It's, it's not, I, there, there aren't many, there's not many occasions though, where you'd walk into a room and um, there'd be women bantering with each other in the way that men do. Right. There's something about humour, pleasures. Would you teach it at school? What would you do? How would you solve that? Yeah, stand up for yeah, stand up for six. Do you know what I mean? Like your RADA thing. It would it would be great. It would be brilliant. I mean, I actually think it should be a core part of how we coach and mentor women, and it's one of the things that we talk about. You know, I say have a if if it's if if there's if you're constantly in a situation where you're feeling put down, and it, I'm right, right? There, there there'll often be a, it'll be a ritual put down yeah. because it will be the same sort of. There's something about the tradition of it and mm. the, you say the same thing to the person over and over mm. again then then get yourself an answer get yourself a put down back right. that will kind of close it off and and put you back in the but but i think we women just don't understand it in the, in the same way right and i don't i don't th i mean the idea that i would walk into a um room <laughs> with another woman and go have you been eating all the pies? Right. Because you're looking quite porky Amazing. today. I mean, for men, of a man, that yeah. might be friendly, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, if you just think about how <laughs> unlikely that was is. Was it Freud though who said that behind every joke is a veiled act of aggression? So yeah. like, you know, the, these things, yeah. that men are saying things that m they might not mean, but below them, there is a subtext of, we all know that even joking aside, but you have been eating all the pies. I think I, th I actually think it's about um, uh, taking an alpha position. So I think right. it, it's quite tribal in that sense. And after all, we're not far from being animals, right. are we? Um, and that what you do have is, is perhaps 
women like to form support networks and um, ways in which they can help each other out. Whereas blokes are, to an extent, just trying out who's who's the alpha in the room. Yeah. Um, and again, as if you walk into that situation as a woman, you don't really know what the dynamic is or what's yeah. going on. And some situations are more extreme than others. But media, I mean, certainly old school media was very extreme in that sense. Yeah. Um, but your coping strategy there for specifically would be to have a great comeback. Absolutely. But not to walk into a room with like five zingers lined up to take everyone down in the room, but more to, to show that you can play along. And disarm. Right. Um, yeah. And, and it would depend how annoyed you are yeah. by it, really. I mean, I, I, you know, some people do it in a way that's really charming and some people do it in a way that has more edge. And often that perceived aggression comes from insecurity. Yeah. So back to your point yeah. about it's actually more serious than it seems without, you know, getting into psychoanalysis. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I told you I'm doing Tai Chi. Go on. So I'm doing Tai Chi. I've started Tai Chi. Drama so, so, and Tai Chi. Ta- drama and Tai Chi. Um, I th- and I reckon in about 10 or 12 years, I may be half decent okay. at it. It's very cool. You go just but, hang around under, under trees in the park. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll spot me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the exercises you do, is, you do is a partner exercise. So it's actually more self-defense and, and martial arts than you the, okay. you think, actually, than the image of the woman kind of or the bloke on his own part. And you do partner exercises and you kind of do this sort of thing where you do, I'm, I'm actually demonstrating it here on radio, uh, attack, attack, defend, defend. We were doing this exercise and we were discussing, I was discussing with my partner, you know, what, what, how she was doing it, how I was doing it. She was leaning in both ways. You're supposed to lean in when you attack and lean back when you defend. And she said to me, when you defend, she said, the attacking's great, Sue. When you defend, you're pushing down. You're not sort of swerving. Right. And I thought that's interesting because if you push down an attack, sometimes it just comes back and attacks you harder. Right. But if you can swerve it like that. Okay. Then there's a metaphor in there. Yeah, there's definitely a metaphor <laughs> in there. So come out with a, a put down, but not 
don't put down too hard. Right, okay. Deflect. Okay. But, so like, you know, you go through other things about how to, not necessarily bluff that you're creative, but how to well, recognise what creativity is. It's full of, it's full yeah. of nonsense, right? Yeah. And I think that's exactly right. I, I, one of the things I cannot bear is people being told that they are not creative right. when they clearly are. And do you are. think that is female? That, or is it just, it, it, it may be like... I think a lot of women identify with the idea that right. they aren't creative. So there right. are some who will, who will absolutely put that hat on and go, I'm a, I am creative, creativity is very important to me. But I think there's a lot of women who will go, no, no, I'm just a doer. Right. Or I'm just the person that creates the environment for other people to yeah. be creative. Yeah. And if that weren't the case, why would we have so few women in creative departments, running creative departments, if right. certainly if that hadn't been our kind of heritage and our legacy? Um, so, yeah, one of the techniques is simply techniques for creativity, because I think it's, as with so much of the workplace, when you get the technique, it can make things really all fall into place. And I think there's a lot of areas with, in work where people think they can't do something and it's because they've n never learnt the technique for, for it. It's like trying to come down a mountain on bits of wood without going to ski school. Thank you to Sue Uniman for that brief but brilliant chat. All of the episodes are available on our website, eatsleepworkrepeat.fm. There's some really, really good stuff coming up as well, but please do give you, me your suggestions of what you want to hear more about. I'm always fascinated to, uh, to really try and cover the themes that people are, are interested in. Feedback always welcomed on the email that just went out too. You can subscribe to that again and find all the previous episodes at eatsleepworkrepeat.fm. Thank you, everyone. I'm Bruce Daisley. See you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.